And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the Psalms. One of the Psalms I'm going to be talking about is a man named Asaph. The Psalms are about getting brutally honest with God. You will find people in the Psalms that are just emoting to God like there's no tomorrow. They're hurt, they're tired, they're weary, they're depressed, they're sad, or they're happy and filled with joy and filled with praise and filled with faith. One of the best encouragements you'll find in the Bible is the book of Psalms because we find that even though people lived thousands of years ago before us, they went through all of the same trials and tribulations we do, just with a lot less technology. And so this morning, my first point is I want to show us that the Psalms show us how to have relationship with God. We see people having a relationship with God. And sometimes they are so happy with God, they're ecstatic. And sometimes they are outright mad at God. And God loves every minute of it. Why? Because we're getting honest with him. When we get honest with God, God can do incredible things in our lives. But as long as we're playing religion, as long as we're putting masks on, as long as we're kind of playing, you know, spirituality or not really having any spirituality at all, the Psalms will probably do us no good because they're about people who are getting at a heart level with God. We're invited to vent our emotions. Sometimes one of the best things we can do as people of faith is take a walk out in the middle of nowhere and start screaming at God and getting it all off of our chest. He can take it. He can take it. And no, there's not going to be some lightning bolt that comes out of the sky and fries you. In fact, the more honest we get with the Father, the more we grow. The less honest we get, the less we'll grow. Because we learn from the Psalms that God also feels. God feels for our lives. God feels for the things that we go through. God things for our tri- feels for our trials and tribulations. God feels for our joys and our victories. We're reminded that it's only when we get brutally honest with God that we grow and that we learn more about him, we learn more about ourselves, we learn more about life. And so this first psalm comes from Psalm 73. And so let's go ahead and put that up there, and we'll read it together. I'll read it for you. Uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 3. keep thinking 73. Psalm 3. And it's the first six verses. And the psalmist writes, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep, and I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. This is a psalm of trust. I think one of the things that I love about it is... This person has people in his life saying, God's not going to help you. Either there is no God, and so therefore God's not going to help you, or there is a God, but God's still not going to help you. His enemies are the ones that are saying, you're in this mess, you're in this fix, and you can't trust God to do nothing. And I'll tell you this, 
when you're powerless and you're in, a, in the middle of a problem and you feel like nothing can be done, you don't sleep well at night, do you? It's hard to go to sleep. All those thoughts churning in your head, all those thoughts going on and on and on. You don't sleep well. You're more tired in general. You're not awake during the day. It begins to literally be like bricks being placed upon you as your life and your world gets heavier and heavier and heavier. One time, many years ago, I had a circumstance, and it was a really difficult one. Uh, it was one that I thought I'd, I'd never get out of, and uh, it, it, was a, it was just a real heavy moment in my life. And I remember I was uh, you know, kind of in a foreign country, and I was seeking out help from people, people who were in church. And I remember they looked at me and they said, you know, Tom, God doesn't work that way. You know, God doesn't, you know, God is up there. He's really more for the afterlife than this life. He's really, you know, he's not going to fix all your problems. You know, you got to wake up, you got to put on your big boy pants and you got to go out there and you got to make it and you just got to suck it up. I tried that for a little while and I realized it could work, but there was something that was missing. And so finally I said, you know what, God, I'm going to ignore all of this and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to trust you to help me. And the moment I made that decision, I was sleeping better. I was eating better. I was at peace. And all of a sudden, all of those people that had said those things to me, they recognized I had something in my life that even they did not have. It was trust in God that he's not just for heaven. He's not just for the two seconds after we die, but that he actually cares for every living breath. We take this side of heaven. And from that day forward, I have been able to see and say, you know what, Lord? You are a shield around me and the lifter of my head. God does work. He doesn't always change our circumstances. He didn't. The circumstances were still the circumstances. But he'll produce changes in us that face the circumstances in such a different way that their power and their dread are lessened down to almost nothing. The problem's still there, but you face it with above it from the viewpoint of God looking down on it rather than beneath it looking up at the weight. And I think that's the heart of what this person is saying in Psalm 3. I sleep better at night knowing that God is the lifter of my head. And when I want help, when I need help, I will look to heaven above. I will turn to God and pray and know in faith he'll be there to help me. Amen? So why don't we all stand together and we're going to respond with a song, Healing is Here. And sing this now with that sense of, you know what, God? You are the God of this life and the next. We get heaven and all this too. Amen? Amen. Pastor gave me the uh, the Psalms of uh, thirty four uh, nineteen. Many afflictions of the righteous people of God, but the Lord delivers them from all of them, of all. Uh, I mean, it's kind of heavy because it really applies. 
the uh, it, it's the psalm of deliverance. The people of God, they don't get a free ride or a free pass or trials or troubles. Anybody get that? <laughs> Not me. The fact is that many, we face many trials. If we stick with God, we will see his deliverance, but it may not always come quickly. If we ditch God, we will struggle to deliver ourselves against both forces and powers too big for us to see or control. God doesn't always change our circumstances. Sometimes the deliverance is in changing how he faced the circumstances, but not the circumstance itself. All. God doesn't let one trial go by without his notice, as Pastor mentioned. He cares, plan to overcome it. While people may not care about our problems, God cares about every single one. All. Now, Pastor asked me to come up here and do this. Sometimes it's kind of hard for me to get up here and be myself. I was in drama for so many years. I could be somebody else, but be up here to be me, it's kind of difficult. But when I read this psalm, my wife and I had been talking about the last seven years of our life has been so rocky. Uh, we've, we've dealt with cancer, uh, life-changing surgeries, um, almost dying of uh, blood clots, embolisms, financial troubles, just so many things that we felt like, man, is this just a slight thing about what Job went through? It's like, it's not that we were saying, why us, God? But just like, when's it going to let up? But recently, we've kind of come into a, a time of rest to where we can just go. And we, we were talking, and it's like we could look back. That wasn't so bad. God brought us through that. He brought us through that. But we're not done because we can still see what's, what's got coming up. But we know that it's not going to be easy, that God's going to bring us through those trials, that the word all, God doesn't let one trial go by without his notice, care, plan to overcome it. All. He cares about all of our trials. And he'll bring us through it. What a touching, um, what a touching service this morning. Very vulnerable, huh? 
You know, when we can really be vulnerable, that's when healing comes, huh? And that's when healing flows through to other people because we like authentic, don't we? I really appreciate um, Mr. Rose coming up here and sharing his trial with us. That is not easy to do, and I could just feel healing coming through him as he was talking, and it was really powerful. I'm going to use my cell phone a little bit because, you know, technology, it helps. I have all my verses all set up. <laughs> so I just have to open each window here. <laughs> I have like 45 windows open with all the verses that I want to know. I'm not going to talk that many verses. But um, I am going to open up and read the verse that I, that was assigned to me. And it's so interesting because it just so happens to be one of my favorite psalms and a prayer that I pray over myself all of the time. So it says here in... Um, Psalm 51, 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Something that I want to focus on on this scripture is I understand that this is a a scripture of repentance, clearly. Um, As Pastor Tom just spoke about a few minutes ago, Uh, David was in some trouble. (laughs) He messed up really, really bad. And um, and it definitely does demonstrate a heart of repentance. But something that I want to focus on in this scripture is how the Lord treats David as a son. And, um, you know, we all go through trials. And and sometimes we forget that those very trials have the power to produce in us the character that God really wants us to, to have in order to carry the vision that he has for our lives, to carry the purpose, to walk with integrity. Um, we forget uh, sometimes what First, Pre- what First Peter 1.7 says, which is one of my very favorite verses, and I understand all too well that the message translation is quite a liberal transa- translation, but it really puts it into perspective in, in First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, when, when it says, I know how great this makes you feel even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine when Jesus wraps this all up it's your faith not your gold that God will have on display as evidence of his victory um, that scripture to me reminds me that God is the ultimate goldsmith, that his, his heart is to rise the impurities of our hearts to the surface, that they may be delivered from us, that the true goldsmith, you know, he knows that his job is done when he's able to look into the gold and see his reflection. And, you know, Jesus wants to see his reflection in us. And I assure you that after this situation with David, when, when he sinned, and, and by the way, um, it talks about it in, in 2 Samuel um, chapter 12, David admitted um, to Nathan the prophet that he did wrong and that he sinned against the Lord. So verse 13 of Second Peter chapter 2, David responds and says, you are right, I have sinned against the Lord. But if you look at the later verses in Second Samuel chapter 12, you know, verses 20 and on, you see his response. You know, it wasn't just his mouth. David wasn't giving Nathan lip service or God lip service. He actually fasted for seven days that the Lord might have mercy, that this child might might live, right? But you know what's interesting is that when the child died, David got up, washed his face, and ate. That is true repentance. True repentance isn't, I'm going to repent if I get my way. No, true repentance is, is something that is 
regardless if we get our way or not, we are more concerned with our heart for God. You know, God was treating David like a son. God was disciplining David. God was correcting David. But that psalm to me is about David coming back on course. He had swayed away from his first love. He had swayed away, but the Lord loved him so much that he used this terrible situation, losing a child, to bring him back to a heart for God. You know, my story that I want to share is, is, um, is interesting because it's pretty recent, and I'm kind of still in the middle of it, but at the end of April, unbeknownst to me, Dr. Victor decided that he was going to honor me in front of uh, all the people in attendance uh, of our worship seminar. We had a worship seminar at the Bible College where I work, Summit Bible College, and um, I had a kind of a rough week leading up to it. I don't know if any of you ever have hard weeks leading up to a big event, but it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the easiest week. You know, finally the day arrives, and and Dr. Victor rushes up, and, and he's carrying a 12 roses, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. I wonder th- who those are for. They must be for our speakers, because we brought two speakers in from out of state, and um, Dr. Victor and I hadn't gotten along too well that week. Um, I, I'm like a daughter, you know, to him, so he sees the, the worst of me and the best, um, <laughs> and I, I was not very nice to him during the week, so... Lord, forgive me for that. But anyway, um, he he gets on stage and he he wants to open up the conference and introduce the speakers and introduce the vision for what we what we had planned that day. And uh, he asks me to come stand by his side. So I'm like, okay. You know, sometimes I do that because he, you know, sometimes he'll forget things and I'll just whisper in his ear and remind him, you know, the the course of the events or whatever. So I didn't really think much of it. But he proceeds to publicly acknowledge me as the next vice president of operations for the Bible college. Like, I had no idea. He gives me the roses. He, he basically anoints me in front of everybody. I didn't know this was happening. And it was the most surreal experience, you know, especially after being so mean to him that week. I'm like, I don't deserve this. So he anoints me in front of everybody and introduces me as the next vice president of operations at the college, which is now my new title at the college. I've been there for eight years now. And um, it was just the most humbling experience of my life. Um, and I had the most encouraging day. I had several people come up to me and honor me and give me words of encouragement. And I just felt, inc- I couldn't believe the love that was being poured out. Um, but the next couple of weeks um, weren't the easiest couple of weeks. And I feel that I went through serious trials against my commitment to the vision of God in my life, against my commitment to being a minister of God's word. Have I ever had trials? Yes, but I've never in my life been so tested, um, and I've never in my life so questioned being in ministry as I have over these last couple of months. I can't tell you enough about just some of the stuff that has gone down in my relationships, the attacks that have come against my relationship specifically with Dr. Victor, my relationship with other employees at the college. And, you know, I just asked myself... am I even called to do ministry anymore? I mean, honestly, I just felt so terrible. You know, it's just one thing after another, and and I realized that Satan was trying to kick me out of my purpose. And all of these attitudes and this bitterness that I've probably been harboring a lot longer than I realized was coming to the surface. And in the middle of that, it's not always easy to realize what's going on. You just kind of feel like a bad person. I mean, let's be honest. I didn't feel like I was a very godly person through that time. 
But I just remember the Lord just kept saying to me, stay, just stay, just stay. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Resist the enemy and he will flee. And I realized as the trial went on and on and on that my commitment was being tested. And I dug my heels in. And I can tell you that through the much many cor- times of correction that I've had in these last three months, I mean, I have had people soundly rebuke me, literally. And that is not easy. Through that, I can tell you that today I have more character, more of the character of Christ in me than I did three months ago. And I look more like Jesus now, you know, than I ever have. And I'm s- still a work in progress. That's not the point. The point is, is that because I stayed, he made me more like him. And you know what? That's, this psalm is something that we, we can live by every single day. God created me a pure heart. But listen, don't be surprised if you get into some trials after you pray that prayer. Because that is one prayer in scripture that it does, it's not like fairy dust. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just sprinkle on you. The Lord puts you into situations where you are tested and your commitment is tested and your love for him is tested. Embrace that. You know, when I, when I started going through this, as I wrap it up, when I started going through some of this stuff, um, they were, they're building in, in the lot next door to us at the college and they have like this digger that, that's digging into the earth, right? And I'm going through all this stuff. I'm getting corrected. I'm getting rebuked. I'm getting embarrassed in front of everybody and all this stuff. I'm crying in staff meetings and I'm going out. It's like, I can't even focus because it, have any of you tried to work during construction? It's really hard. And this digger is into the earth and the walls are shaking. And I'm like, Lord, I feel like that's what's happening inside of me right now. Help me, Jesus. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you kidding? And I found out that what they had to do to build on the lot next door is they had to dig so deep into the earth to get the trash out into the, from the earth. They couldn't just build on it. They had to literally dig into the earth because there was trash in there. And how often do we feel like God is doing that in us? But I'm telling you what, it is worth it. It is worth it. Hang tight, keep praying, and keep falling in love with God. I'm going to pray as I close out. Father, I thank you so much for this, this service, God. I thank you for the vulnerability and, and the transparency, Father. I ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to move and that you would continue to keep us, Father God, steadfast in looking into your eyes and falling in love with you, God, and that we would embrace the process, God, the process of becoming pure, the process of becoming leaders. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Now, you've heard a theme this morning. And the theme has been one of personal victory. Some of you say, man, you know, all of these stories had stories of, that were personal. And sometimes when people tell stories about themselves, about how they made it, it can sound almost a little, I don't know, like, okay, well, that's good for you. <laughs> Glad God works for you, but I haven't been able to do that yet. I haven't been able to find that breakthrough yet. I haven't been able to find that faith yet. I haven't been able to do all that yet. That ain't me yet. May not be me ever. The point is, I want to tell you, I know these two. I know Jim. I know Caitlin. One, there was a day when I saw in their eyes it wasn't them either. I asked them to share their victories because too often we can identify with people's weaknesses and struggles. Say, yeah, I, got the, I do the same thing. I got the same thing. I'm the same way. And that's good to a degree. And... Those of you who know me, I probably overshare my weaknesses. But every now and then, it's good to hear how God worked in someone's life. Because here's the thing. If God worked in Jim's life, 
And God worked in Caitlin's life. God is no respecter of persons. He will work in yours just as much as he worked in hers, just as much as he worked in his. And that's what the Psalms are trying to tell us. Everything that this wonderful God did in our lives, he also wants to do in yours. I remember when I met with Jim before, he was angry. I thought he was going to break a table once he was so angry. Not at me, at something that was going on. I remember once sitting in the radio station with Caitlin thinking, oh my goodness, this nearly 30-year-old woman is acting five right now. <laughs> she probably remembers that moment, you know? So David's going, yep, I've seen those moments. No, I just, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can tell, I, I've seen the worst. And to have them come up and say, you know what? I've been there, but by being faithful and trusting in God to come through, I'm standing here today say, he does. The Holy Spirit may not always work the way we want him to or the way we dictate for him to do. But as we surrender and submit, it's amazing the flow of power and blessing that comes through our lives. And that's what the Psalms are trying to tell us this morning. Stick with God. He'll only do you good. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Go ahead and put your hand over your heart. I'm going to bless you. But you don't have to leave right away actually have the band. They're going to sing one more song. If you'd like to come up and get some prayer, I'd love to pray for you. I'm going to invite Jim to come on up and pray for you. Invite Caitlin to come up to pray for you. Any of our prayer team that's out there and you know who you are, come on up to pray. We'd love to just spend this last song. If there's anything you got on your heart, any need, prayer covers all aspects of life. So come on up and get a fresh touch from God. I promise you, you won't regret it. For the rest of us, let's go ahead and just agree on this benediction. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the face of God shine upon you. May God's grace cover you and be poured over you. All of our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen and amen. And may the peace of God fill you. May you walk out of church this morning going, you know what? I, I have peace with God and I have peace from God. Thank you, God. It was good to go to church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.